everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Famous Failures. We are going off the usual once every two weeks schedule today because today, April 14th, is the official launch date of my new book, Think Like a Rocket Scientist. So I'm going to dedicate this episode to sharing with you three key insights from the book. I also have a special bonus, actually two special bonuses for the listeners of Famous Failures. If you order the book by Tuesday, April 21st, so that's one week from now, you're going to get two bonuses. The first is a video training with a behind the scenes look at my productivity systems. You'll find tips on how to defeat procrastination, get more done in less time, among many others. The second bonus is a pack of 10 three-minute quick hit videos based on Think Like a Rocket Scientist. These are meant to be actionable strategies that you can implement right away. You can see the full list of videos at rocketsciencebook.com forward slash podcast. So for example, you'll learn the single principle Elon Musk used to revolutionize the aerospace industry and how you can use the same principle to revolutionize your life. You'll learn an unstoppable astronaut training strategy that you can use to nail your next presentation or product launch. You'll learn what you should do first in tackling an audacious goal and what you should never do when tackling an audacious goal. And you'll also learn my two-step process for squashing fear of uncertainty and failure before it stops me from taking action. So those are just four of the 10 videos that you'll get. The bonuses will disappear on April 21st, and you can find them out by heading over to rocketsciencebook.com forward slash podcast. You'll see the full list of videos at that link. You can also just get the bonuses by ordering the book from any bookseller and then sending your receipt to rocket at ozanbarol.com. Once again, that's rocket at O-Z-A-N-V as in Victor, A-R-O-L.com and just mention famous failures. I've been ecstatic about the initial reviews of the book. The book is Adam Grant's number one pick of his top 20 books of 2020. It's one of Inc.com's six books you need to read in 2020. It's been named a must-read by Susan Cain and endlessly fascinating by Daniel Pink. And it was also just recently selected as an Amazon Book of the Month for April 2020. Okay, on to the episode. We often assume that thinking like a rocket scientist is beyond the ability of mere mortals without a special kind of genius. Hence the common saying, it's not rocket science. But that assumption turns out to be wrong. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to think like one. In my new book, Think Like a Rocket Scientist, I share nine simple strategies from rocket science that you can use to make giant leaps in work and life, whether that's landing your dream job, accelerating your business, or creating the next breakthrough product. The book has become particularly relevant in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. For most of us, the challenges we're facing are unprecedented. But rocket scientists routinely tackle seemingly insurmountable problems while the clock is ticking. In this time of unnerving uncertainty, we can all benefit from thinking like a rocket scientist. Those who are able to apply the strategies in the book, unlearn outdated modes of thinking, and rebuild themselves with agility will enjoy an extraordinary advantage to define the future. So let's get started with three key insights from the book. The first is the importance of reframing problems to generate better answers. I'm going to lead this with a personal story. It was 1999. I had just started working on the operations team for what would become the Mars Exploration Rovers mission. 
But at the time, our mission was to send a single rover to Mars in 2003. In 1999, as we were busy designing our own rover, another lander called the Mars Polar Lander crashed on the Martian surface. Now, this wasn't our baby, but the Polar Lander was using the same landing mechanism that we were planning to use. Our mission got put on hold since our landing mechanism had just failed spectacularly. We were scrambling to figure out a way to fix the landing mechanism and come up with a new way of landing on Mars. And I remember distinctly when my boss, who was the principal investigator of the mission, walked into my office and said, I just got off the phone with the administrator of NASA. And he asked me a simple question. Can we send two of these rovers instead of one? It's such a simple question, but one that none of us had thought of asking before. Because up until then, NASA's practice was to send one rover to Mars every two years and keep your fingers crossed that nothing happens along the way. The question that the NASA administrator asked reframed the problem. The problem wasn't just the landing system. Even if you fix the landing system, sending a delicate robot to Mars is really risky. Any number of random things could break our rover or spacecraft while traveling nearly 40 million miles through outer space. So instead of putting all our eggs in one rover's basket and crossing our fingers that nothing bad happens along the way, we decided to send two rovers instead of one. Even if one failed, the other might make it. The rovers were named Spirit and Opportunity. We built them to last for 90 days. Spirit lasted for six years until it got stuck on soft soil. But Opportunity, and I still get goosebumps every time I say this, Opportunity kept roving the red planet until 2018, over 14 years into its 90-day expected lifetime. All because someone was willing to step back and ask a question that no one had thought of asking before. So that story illustrates the difference between strategy and tactics. The terms are often used interchangeably, but they actually refer to different concepts. A strategy is a plan for achieving an objective, but tactics are the actions you take, the tools you use to implement the strategy. To find the strategy, ask yourself, what problem is this tactic here to solve? Once you move from the what to the why, once you frame the problem more broadly in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, as opposed to your favorite tool or tactic, you'll discover other possibilities that are lurking in plain sight. So going back to the Mars example, if you frame the problem more broadly as the risk involved in landing on Mars, not just as a defective landing mechanism, then sending two rovers instead of one decreases risk and increases reward. Breakthroughs, contrary to popular wisdom, don't begin with a smart answer. They often begin with a smart question. Okay, so that's the first insight from the book, reframing problems to generate better answers. The second is test as you fly, fly as you test. So this is a principle from rocket science, which says that experiments on Earth must mimic to the greatest extent possible the same conditions in flight. For example, during simulations for space shuttle missions, Scientists activated roughly like 7,000 scenarios, throwing every imaginable failure at the crew, including computer crashes, engine troubles, and explosions. Repeated exposure to these problems inoculated the astronauts and boosted their confidence in their ability to diffuse just about any issue. In our own lives, we often don't follow the test as you fly rule. We train in conditions that don't resemble reality. 
So we practice a major speech in the comfort of our own home when we're fully rested and awake. We do mock job interviews in our sweatpants with a friend using a predetermined set of questions. We train for a race from the comfort of a gym while watching Netflix. If we apply the test as you fly rule, we would practice our speech in a strange setting before an audience of strangers after downing a few espressos to give us the jitters. We would do mock interviews while wearing an uncomfortable suit with a stranger ready to throw curveballs at us. We would prepare for a race in the same environment as the race, facing the wind, the rain, and the cold, so we are desensitized to the conditions awaiting us. Whether it's launching a rocket, training for a sporting event, or practicing for your presentation, the underlying principle is the same. Test as you fly, subject yourself to the same conditions you'll experience during the flight, and you'll soon begin to soar. Third insight from the book, do not fail fast. The fail fast, fail often, fail forward mantra is all the rage these days in Silicon Valley. Failure is viewed as a rite of passage. Countless business books instruct entrepreneurs to celebrate failure and wear it as a badge of honor. There are now conferences like FailCon dedicated to celebrating failure. Silicon Valley companies, I kid you not, they are holding funerals for failed startups, complete with bagpipes, DJ spinning records, and alcohol flowing freely. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for two reasons. First, when we celebrate something, we don't learn from it. And second, regardless of what Silicon Valley tells you, failure sucks. Whoever says they celebrate failure and they don't mind failing is lying. I've failed more times than I care to remember in my own life, and every time it sucked. Because there's a value judgment attached to failure. Failure is bad, and success is good. But this aversion to failure can be paralyzing. Behind every canvas unpainted, every goal unattempted, every business unlaunched, every book unwritten is a looming fear of failure. So it can be just as dangerous to celebrate failure as it is to demonize it. Rocket scientists apply a more balanced approach to failure. They don't celebrate it, nor do they let it get in their way. They know that failure can be the best teacher if you know how to approach it properly. They also know that all breakthroughs are evolutionary, not revolutionary. If you're trying to achieve something transformative, you're not going to succeed on the first try. Einstein's first several proofs for E equals MC square failed. SpaceX's first three launches were spectacular failures. The British inventor James Dyson spent 15 years creating over 5,000 versions of his bagless vacuum that failed before he made one that worked. We have an obsession with grand openings, but the opening doesn't have to be grand as long as the finale is. And the best way to make the finale grand is to learn from your failures and get better with each iteration. Our goal shouldn't be to fail fast. It should be to learn fast. And I share actionable tactics in the book about how you can learn from your failures using a rocket science mindset. Okay, so those are three of many, many insights from the book that you can apply in your own life to make giant leaps. You won't be a rocket scientist by the end of the book, but you'll learn how to think like one. And again, if you order the book by Tuesday, April 21st, you'll get 10 videos from the book with actionable insights that you can implement right away. You can find out about the bonus by heading over to rocketsciencebook.com forward slash podcast, or if you don't want to know more about the videos, you can simply send your receipt to rocket at ozanvaroll.com 
and mention famous failures. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back to the regularly scheduled programming next week. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Two things before you take off. First, if you don't want to miss out on future episodes of Famous Failures, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and be sure to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Second, if you'd like to join thousands of others who receive a short email from me each Thursday with a list of articles, books, tools, quotes, and other gems that help you discover how extraordinary thinking produces extraordinary results, you can text my first name, which is Ozan, that's spelled O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. So once again, that's my first name, Ozan, O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. Or if you're in front of your computer, you can head over to ozanvarol.com and drop your email address. If you act now, you'll also get a free ebook called The Contrarian Handbook, Eight Principles to Innovate Your Thinking. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.